So today on Between Two Thrones. I love that name. <laughs> it's, it's, you get it? Two Thrones? Between, yeah. And bet- uh, between Two Ferns? But, oh, you do know the reference. Oh, of course I do. Of course uh, I, the, do. I, I actually, the first podcast we ever did, um, I named it Between Two Thrones before I even knew what Between Two Thir- <laughs> Ferns was. With that Zach Galifianakis. Yep, Zach Galifianakis. And the first one I watched was with Hillary Clinton. Uh-huh. Man, that was funny. <laughs> he is. He like, is. He's like, a talent. Like half of the ones I saw between two firms or between two ferns. Yeah, I didn't like. It didn't super gravitate to mm-hmm. my, I guess, sense of humor. But the Hillary Clinton one was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, to have a Trump ad in the middle of. <laughs> I mean. How these politicians agree to do this, I don't know, but it was hilarious. Well, they get a lot, a lot of FaceTime. Did you ever see the Barack Obama one? I did. Oh. That one was funny, too. And Brock was on top of it. He was... He was He was right there. He was right there. He yeah. he, uh, he didn't let him get away with too much. No. Um, even though we all know it's all scripted. Yeah. It was, it was still really good. It was really, really... It felt very spontaneous. So, but between two thrones... Here we are. We have Paul Klimke. That's me. Mortgage banker. Yep. With BOK Financial Mortgage. Correct. Um, you are a officially a CMPS. What does mm-hmm. that stand for? Certified Mortgage Planning Specialist. Sounds fancy. Ah, uh, you know, pay some money, take a class, get some initials. But it really, it, it, it's got a real practical purpose in the mortgage world, which is, you know, typically a home mortgage is most people's largest single financial tool investment expense in their lifetimes. And as a CMPS, what we try to do is try to, mold that into the overall financial plan, working hand-in-hand hand with financial planners that they should have, and uh, think of it more as uh, a tool rather than an, just an expense, and have that help them build personal wealth for the family. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and you are also a guitarist? Uh, sort of, yeah. So that's guitar and bass? Guitar, gu- guitar, a little bit of bass, and I play the tuba. Tuba is the- my main instrument, actually. Tubas are huge, dude. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> like, you actually own a tuba? I actually own a tuba. It's not like rented from a music store. You no. own a tuba. No, you want to hear that story real fast? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Tell me about the tuba. So, well, maybe I, let me talk a little about music in general, because music has had, had a huge influence on my life in many ways. So, uh, I'm a Midwest kid, grew up, born in Minneapolis. Parents were from the same stupid little, well, I better not say Montello, Wisconsin is stupid, but it's a small town, still a small town. They actually went to the same high school but didn't know each other because my dad was two years ahead of my mom, even though they're the same age, which is another long story. They, uh, uh, they met up at the University of Madison after World War II. My dad started at University of Madison, University of Wisconsin-Madison, went off to war in the Navy, came back, was finishing up, happened to bump into Arlene Sommerfeld on a street corner, and as they say, the rest is history. So... Uh, I happened to be born, we were living in Minneapolis, moved out to California uh, in, the, uh, in 1960, actually. And then uh, I ended up here, you know, ended up here through job change, which we'll get into a little bit later. But music was always a big part of my life. I always uh, started out as a clarinet player. Uh, when, I, when I turned, got into seventh grade, I wanted to be a drummer, and my band instructor said, you're not going to do that. You're going to be a tuba player. And I became a tuba player. So, uh, uh, and all along the way, you know, I started playing guitar, uh, formed little garage bands as a, as in junior high and, and high school, and, uh, you know, still play somewhat to this day, mostly to recordings in my own little, my own den, but uh, don't get out there very much. I have played tuba 
I played all the way through high school. I taught tuba in college for a while. And then I didn't play for 20 years. Didn't even pick up a horn, didn't do anything. We went to Disneyland one day, and we were sitting in the New Orleans Square, and there was a jazz quartet there, and there was a guy playing tuba for the bass. And at that point, I said, I got to have a tuba. And so I went out, found a tuba, started taking lessons, you know, took lessons for a couple of years to kind of get the old chops back and uh, played in uh, some uh, brass quintets. I played in some pit bands for local community orchestra or community uh, musical productions. Uh, so it's been great. Is that, was that the question? Did I get to it? I don't remember the question. I don't remember I was, the question I, either. But I'm just so enthralled <laughs> with, you know. Well, uh, let me, so, so, so let me kind of, you know, talk a little bit about my family because um, I actually met my wife. I've known my wife since she was in the fifth grade. That's, I knew who she was. She has no memory of me until high school. And we were around each other a lot, which is kind of funny. Uh, so we, you know, played clarinet in the elementary school band. We had an all city band. And I remember I was, I was like fourth chair, fourth chair, fourth clarinet back row. And she was first clarinet, second chair. And I remember seeing her. I do I have some mem very specific memories of her. Uh, went off to junior high. We went to the same junior high. And in fact, we were in the same junior high marching band, although I was a year ahead of her. My dad actually took some Super 8 movies of us marching. And I'm marching with my tuba. And she is, Debbie is literally straight in front of me, right in front of me. Um, and, and, you know, when I talk to her about these times in junior high, she does not remember you know, she has a very, very clear memory of the good-looking tuba player that sat second chair. I sat first chair, so it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> so he was, he, that was Wayne sitting next to me in second chair. I was first chair. But so then we, off we go to, I go to high school. I'm in high school a year longer. And then uh, we go to band camp. And as the, as, the, as the saying goes, one day at band camp, Debbie and I run into each other, uh, start the conversation. She's 15 and I'm 16 at this time. Uh, we went to a parade, uh, still weren't, you know, just kind of around each other. We went to a parade at Seal Beach and during the award ceremony, she couldn't see. And she weighed all of about 85 pounds then. Picked her up on my shoulders. She was able to see the uh, presentation and pretty soon we're holding hands and kissing. And uh, yeah, yeah. And then uh, didn't get married until I was out of, out of uh, my undergrad. Got married when I was in grad school and she finished college. Uh, so yeah, music brought us together and there you go. So how long have you been married? We just celebrated our 47th wedding anniversary. 47 years. 47 years. And on, on October 25th, it will be the 53rd anniversary of our first date. So now you can all do the math. I've told you how old I was. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in that category, but I don't, don't feel like I'm a senior citizen. Oh, that is amazing. Just just to hear the stories of people who have stayed together that long. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's so rare, um, but it's beautiful. It's amazing. So congratulations. Well, thank you. It's, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, think about, I, I, I think about it is just amazing that she picked me. It really is. Because, you know, I, I, you know, I don't, can't even imagine the life I'd have without her. But, I mean, everything that I have in my life and everything that I love in my life, including our, you know, her, our three kids, uh, they're all married. They're three spouses. We have eight grandkids. I mean, it's because of her. Every bit of it because of her. That's awesome. Yeah, she is. Shout out to Debbie. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so that was in the past. Yep. Now, brought you, what brought you out to Arizona? 
So um, my my uh, my undergraduate, all my, my all my educational work is is in economics, econometrics, and math. So I was kind of a math geek. Uh, in college, I was, you know, one of these guys sitting in the, the computer center basement punching IBM cards. There's a, there's a flash from the past because that's how we had to put things into the computer back then. Uh, and so that, that was my, my focus, my interest. I actually, you know, I, I actually wanted to, th- I thought what I wanted to do was get a graduate, uh, a graduate degree in economics, maybe teach. Uh, when I got out of, when I graduated, I was out of money and I had to take a job and, I had also, during my uh, college years, during the summer, I worked as an, as an electrician and mechanic in a metal plating factory. So I was pretty good with my hands and technology and that sort of thing. And I landed a job as a uh, sales application engineer with a company that did process controls and automation. So my job in that world is to meet, you know, it's, it's a sales job. It's a sales engineer, applications engineer, industrial engineer, those are sales jobs because you're meeting with people that have a need and I'll, for example, Starkist Tuna was one of my accounts. So I've heard of them. You've heard of them, yeah. Uh, so I'd go into, I meet with the, the the people in Starkist Automation, and they say we got a tuna line that needs to go this way and then that way and stop for three seconds, go that way and then go here. Now what they don't tell you is they need one line of cans to go to human and one line of cans to go to cat food. But we'll skip that for now. Uh, so I would help them design that. I would help them from a practical standpoint of these are the relays, timers, switches that would make that happen. And then hopefully they would buy our products. You know, that was the idea. So um, I, I started doing that because they would, number one, they paid me the best of anything I could find. They gave me a car and I had lots of free time to go to school. So I did that. And then an opening came up over here. We were in Los Angeles. Opening came over here, uh, took the transfer, was able to buy a house. Um, and a, I won't even tell you what we paid, uh, $40,120 for the first house. So it was a long time ago. Um, and I started, you know, advancing my career that way. And I continued to go to graduate school, but eventually, it, you know, my career path was leading me away that, that I was enjoying a lot. I did a lot of interesting things. Uh, I did that for close to 28 years. And I eventually, I spent the last roughly uh, eight and a half years uh, in the semiconductor industry. And my last job in that area was... Uh, I was the, the global customer manager for our company's uh, products at the Intel account. So I had Intel sales service and logistics worldwide. So I did a lot of traveling. I was always traveling. Uh, some to Ireland, you know, that was fun. I like that. Mm. But, you know, the semiconductor business has changed a lot. And our company basically decided to get out of the Intel business. And they said I could... I could continue on in my role, but I'd have to either live in, in Asia or I'd have to spend two weeks a month in Asia or I could, they'll give me a year's pay and I'll go away. I said, I'm in, take me, <laughs> I'm out. So I did that and I had also, I've been a real estate agent for 14 years on the side. And my middle son had graduated from ASU and had jumped into the mortgage business and was making fabulous money. And so I said, you know, I think I can do that. And so... Off I went. That's how I got into the mortgage business. What are some of the fun things that you've come across? In I mean, what, what are some of the, the happy stories on your path in the last 20 years in the loan industry? You know, it, I, I make the comparison between engineering and mortgage. Because when, you, when you're dealing with engineering, you're dealing with basically numbers, problems, and people. Mortgages, home financing, numbers, 
problems, and people. It's really the same thing. It's both of them are putting a big puzzle together, and I like doing that. You know, the the really great things are when you can help somebody and improve their life and improve their family's life. I, you know, I have this, you know, in my quote elevator speech, I have a phrase that I talk about, you know, home is important. Home is critical. Home is where memories are made and character is developed. And having your own home to do that is far superior than having one that you don't own. So the times that I've been able to, you know, help people that were, you know, that couldn't figure out how to get into a house on their own. And I'm able to provide a path to that. Or they have a tough credit problem they don't know what to do with, and I can help them solve that problem. Or they're in a, you know, I, I've had situations where people are absolutely drowning. I had one recently where they're absolutely drowning in debt. And I managed to, uh, uh, you know, do a refinance, consolidate a lot of the debt. Their monthly, their, their monthly cash flow improved by $1,200. That's, that's life-changing. Well, Yeah. And, and those are the kinds of things that I really enjoy doing and enjoy working with. And that's one of the reasons I, you know, uh, although I, you know, I do have a small team that I'm working with now, but, you know, I, I'd rather, I'd rather work with a small team, which gets me to the other part of the things that I enjoy doing, which is helping people develop themselves as professionals. Um, you know, that's, that's really important because, you know, the mortgage business, if you go back to the, you know, the early 2000s, when just about anybody could be in the, I mean, you know, you're a bartender one day and the next day you're a mortgage guy, you know, there, there were no standards back then. Um, that's always been important to me to improve the quality of the profession. Um, I've been very active in the, in the trade organizations here. I've been, I was president of the Mortgage Brokers Association once. I was president of the Central Chapter once. Uh, I've, I've been to Washington, D.C., lobbying on behalf of the mortgage industry, you know, with uh, spent time with Jeff Flake in his office and a couple of the, the politicians back when, when a lot of the regulations were forming. You might, the, the Dodd-Frank Act was mm -hmm. happening. Uh, Elizabeth Warren was heavily involved with that. God bless her soul. Uh, I got both good and bad things to say about her, but... Maybe the only guy that has something really good to say about her, but <laughs> excuse me. But there are a few things that, eh, oh well. Uh, but that's you know we I, I worked uh, you know, starting in two thousand seven. I was working with the State Department of Financial Institutions on helping implement licensing requirements for loan officers because until twenty ten, loan officers didn't need to be licensed. I mean, you know, you're talking to people about their finances. You're taking in. Uh, all of their identity information, things about their lives, you're collecting documents, and you didn't have to be licensed at all. So we worked and we got that implemented, and then there was a national licensing requirement that came in. So that's that's been important, but that's on kind of the macro level. On the micro level, I, I truly enjoy working with people and, and helping them be better loan officers, helping them better understand what they're doing, how to solve problems on their own. You know, what's what do I do with this? I'll show you what to do with it, but I want to show you how you're going to find out the next time this comes up. So helping them develop, you know, uh, skills and techniques that that really can make a difference as opposed to just slinging loans. That's amazing. First of all, so, thank you for being willing to share yeah. and teach other people. That's how all professions and things yeah. move forward and we learn. Um, so let's go to present day. Hmm? So what is going on right now? Um, dark clouds in Armageddon. <laughs> I think when I, when I came in here this morning, I said, do you know that today is like September 1st, 2008? You asked me why. I said, because on September 1st, 2008, rates were about six and a quarter percent. And that's what they are this morning. Uh, Ooh. yeah. So, 
so, you know, current state of the mortgage industry, if you look at what's happened, um, you know, uh, uh, rate and term refi applications are down 85% from one year ago. Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, it's very unusual to do one of those unless there are still people that have, believe it or not, I I still run into people that have seven, 8% rates out there once in a while that they just never, and never got around to fixing it. But that's very, very rare. Um, you know, cash out refi applications uh, are are not are are pretty much stable because cash out usually involves some sort of payoff or something that you're doing, and it doesn't seem to be as influenced by rates quite as much. They're down, but it's you know if you if you watch the line over time, it just kind of oscillates up and down a little bit. Purchase loans are down twenty three percent year on year today, as of yesterday actually. So you know we're seeing there's a massive decline in the industry. We're seeing uh, companies shutting down. Uh, Caliber Home Loans, which I worked for for three years a while back, uh, they've completely pulled out of Arizona and a couple other states, just done. Um, I have heard, but I haven't seen it solidly confirmed that there's another major company that's been around. I don't want to throw the name out there because I don't know for sure. Solid company. Many people in the business have, have spent time there. Great people, family business. Heard they've shut down. Their website's dead and nothing's happening. So wow. you're going to see more of that. And the reason for that is a lot of the big mortgage companies, if you're strictly a mortgage bank, where all you do is mortgages, you do, you do mortgages, you sell them off, you're operating only on the margin that you can make on the loan itself. And with some of these expenses, I mean, some of these companies have, you know, they have 25,000, 30,000 square feet of office space that nobody's in anymore. And, you know, it's a $100,000 a month nut. It's pretty hard to make it. So you're going to see a lot of changes there. Um, as I see the mortgage business shaking out, I think that you're going to see uh, continued growth of the broker. I mean, we're seeing, you know, there was a, a general trend of brokers increasing and coming back because it's one and two man shops that can operate very efficiently. And, and you know, yes, they make money only on the loan, but they don't need to make all that much money. And they can be profitable and make a good living and have a good life. The other people that are going to survive are companies like BOK Financial, all right? So BOK Financial is, the mothership is the Bank of Oklahoma. That's our mothership. We are a full-service FDIC bank. We operate in eight states, primarily in the Midwest, East, and Southwest. Um, But, you know, if you looked at our, our contribution to profit last year, it was huge. It's been huge. This year, it's not so much, but... We're a good, solid bank with lots of ways to make money so we can endure. So you'll, you'll see, you know, I think that's what you're going to see. I see, think you see the real strong mortgage companies are going to be the regional banks, uh, BOK. You know, Bell Bank is another good bank. Uh, Guardian, which is part of Sunflower Bank, I think. These are all really solid banks on their own. They're going to survive, and you're going to see mortgage brokers survive. You're going to see a lot of change in the in the correspondence. So, Wow. So me as a homeowner, just say I'm – a homeowner that's listening to this, mm-hmm. any quick advice that you'd have? I mean, when you start a conversation, Armageddon, doom and gloom, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, what, what advice do you have for a homeowner looking to you for a loan? Sure. This is where, <clears throat> excuse me, this is where the planning becomes really, really, really important. Um, so let's talk about purchase. Let's, let's kind of go through a couple of different scenarios, different, different opportunities, purchase loans. It, you know, the, the purchase business in the Valley and many places, not just here, has been changed because we had such low rates for such a long time. I mean, you know, six months ago or beginning of the year, rates were just in the threes. 
and now we're six and a quarter. That's massive. But they were so low for so long that it changed what the affordability was for people. They could afford more expensive houses. So when you can afford more expensive houses, what happens over time naturally is houses get bid up because people can afford it. You know, that's why, you know, year on year, 20 to 20, 2020 to 2021, you know, the, the, uh, the median house price of a home in uh, Maricopa County went up about from like 380 to 460 in one year. Uh, but what happens when rates go up, they're not as affordable. Now people can't afford the houses. So, or, or you know, I mean, I think uh, I, I'm, I'm going to skew the numbers a little bit, but in, you know, about a year ago, 60, roughly 63% of the families could afford a, you know, single family, three to four bedroom house, 2000 square feet. Now that number is about 23% of the families in Maricopa County can do that. So that changes the business. That changes who can afford what and what they can do. The, you know, the thing is, you have to compare. The, the good news, if it's good, is rents have been going up too. So this, the comparison should always be, what does it cost me to rent? What does it cost me to buy? You know, if I can afford to buy, I should buy. Now that may mean smaller homes, maybe not as much amenities, maybe not the same neighborhood you thought you could live in. But if you're doing a first, it's, it, it's never a bad time to buy your first house. Well, of course, maybe unless it was 2007, but I digress. <laughs> well, and it still wasn't yeah. a bad time even in 2007. Yeah. You just have to live there, live yep, there right. until 20, I think 2016 is about when all the the prices came back. Yep. Um, but there, it, so were, it still wasn't a bad time to buy. No. It. You just had to hold it for a longer time. Six right. to eight years. So that, you know, and, and again, it's, you know, work with the mortgage professional that can help you talk about what can you afford, how can you afford it. There are still programs out there, uh, you know, for uh, low and moderate income families to get into homes that where you can get what are now called mortgage credit certificates, where you can get a credit towards your payment on a monthly basis. That's out there. There is some down payment assistance out there still, not as much as there was. Um, but it's important to work with a professional that knows what they're doing that can get you into the right product. So, so that's, you know, be careful with that. Um, the other thing I would say is, you know, if you're in a home right now, and there's lots of people in homes with, you know, two and a half, three and a half percent mortgages. If you need cash, the way to do that is with a home equity loan. There are lots of companies out there that do home equity loans. We do them. And actually, we have a really great product. Uh, we have a couple of different products that are very unique. I'm probably the only guy in the Valley that will do a home equity loan for somebody with a 635 FICO score. Usually it's got, you got to be at 700 to get an equity line. I can do them. Uh, and we can help, you know, design a custom loan for you. Um, I can tease. I actually have a hundred percent LTD program, but it's like this wide, you know, it's for very small <laughs> situation. I never sold one because I can't find anybody that fits, but I got one. So <laughs> yay me. Um, but but that's that's really you got got to be thinking long term. You got to think about okay. So what do I need right now? If I need a hundred thousand dollars, you know, heck, if you need forty thousand dollars cash, don't even think about doing a cash out refinance unless you have to for some reason. There, there are situations I'm I'm working on one now right now that's a divorce situation. The only way for the the one spouse to cash the other out of the house is to do a, a cash out refinance mortgage. He's going to go from four percent to six and a quarter percent to do it. He can afford it, fortunately. And but, you know, there's a case, you know, where a home equity line isn't going to work for that. But for anything else, a home equity line is the way to go because then you can look at your blended rate, you know, and that's where you take the 
you know, you look at the amount that you owe, the rate it's at for both loans, compare them together and figure out what's your blended rate. So if you're, if you have $400,000 at, you know, three and you need a hundred thousand dollars and you're going to pay maybe six and a half for it on an equity line, your, your blended rate is maybe four, which is still pretty good. Which is awesome. Yeah. So be careful. So. Got it. Well, Paul. Are we out of time already? We we are almost there. Wow. So I've got one more super critical question to ask sure. you. Did you open for Van Halen? <laughs> well, uh, yes, in a way. You know, it's it's one of those stories that I can that I can tell, and if depending upon how much information you want, and kind of like the old Paul Harvey rest of the story, you know. Uh, yes, in a sense, but let me take you back uh, long ago and far away. <laughs> As I mentioned, I, I played in uh, uh, numerous, numerous, you know, makeup, you know, makeup garage bands, that sort of thing. We actually had a day of a Paul and the Persuaders. You like that? How like about it. that? I like it. Very sixties, you know. But uh, yes, uh, if you if you consider that uh, my little stupid group that we could play about three or four songs. Uh, we played at a teen center one night, the same the same night, uh, no money, nothing, just you got to play, uh, and the same night that another group coming along named Mammoth was playing there, and Mammoth later became Van Halen. So, But I actually have a deeper connection to them, too, which is their bass player is a guy named Mike Anthony. His real name is Mike Sibileski. He and I played in the same band together. That's a fact. Yeah, we did. Same band. The Arcadia California High School Marching Band. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so is this where i ask for your autograph no don't bother it's not worth anything <laughs> unless i put it on a check and then who knows if it's good there we go you know well paul thank you for joining us well thank you for this chance i appreciate it if someone would like to get in touch with you sure. what is the best way to do that call me that's that's the best way um i mean you can you know of course google me for you know paul klimke k-l-i-m-k-e at b-o-k financial you can find me online pretty easily um, I do have a Facebook page, uh, BOK Financial Paul Klimke or BOK Financial Arizona. You'll find me on Facebook. My phone number has been the same number I've had for like forever. Uh, you know, Verizon, Verizon says usually when I call in, they go, you've had your number longer than most people have been alive, you know, but it's 602-402-1801. Again, 602-402-1801. Give me a call. And, and how's the traffic? <laughs> KPXQ radio time is 728. That's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> I have to retire now. You've got a better voice. <laughs> so, well, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it very much. Thank Tony. you for informing thank you. us about the mortgage industry. And we'll talk to you soon. Anytime. Bye.